If you are looking to continue developing your coaching skills or have a new coach that you'd like to train or onboard, check out our upcoming activity coaching clinics. We are hosting both our basics and advanced clinics every Monday for our basics clinic and Tuesday for our advanced clinic from 1.30 to 3 Central Standard Time. It runs October 2nd through November 6th, and you can learn more and register at heatherpriceconsulting.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina, where we discuss coaching strategies for the overachievers, the slow starters, and everyone in between. We're going to share everything we know about instilling early success habits, the science behind activity, and how to build a values-based, FR-centered coaching philosophy. Activity Coaching Conversations is all about balancing accountability with the art and science of coaching. Welcome back, everybody. As always, we're excited you're here listening and learning with us. Today, we're going to talk about values with one of my all-time favorite people, and if you've been around for any length of time, probably one of yours too, Lyle Marinak. Let me introduce Lyle for those of you who who are newer and unaware of Lyle's awesomeness. Lyle is sole proprietor of All About You, Y-E-W, LLC, a consulting company built on the mission to help people hit the target through focus on a process. He's also a full-time adjunct professor at the Milwaukee School of Engineering, um, teaching organizational introductory human factors and instructional design psychology. Previously, he was the chief development officer for Northwestern Mutual in Charlotte, North Carolina for three years. Um, He also worked at the home office in Milwaukee for 35 years, where he was a senior leadership development consultant. He was responsible for the development of managing partner candidates the ongoing development of managing partners and CDOs and all the other leadership folks that are going through the process. His professional interests include the psychology of human performance in leadership, culture, and coaching. His personal interests begin with his family, his wife, Julie, and son, Nick. He also loves golf, riding his Harley, hunting, and being a devout stereo enthusiast. He has a bachelor and a master's degree in psychology of learning and development from the University of Milwaukee, Wisconsin our University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, sorry, I got that backwards. Um, And he's also a chartered leadership fellow, a CLF designation that he obtained through the American College. So Lyle, welcome. Well, thank you. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, me too. And we're going to start, we're going to talk all about values today. Um, And we're going to start with the big question of, Lyle, what do you mean by values? Let's define what we're talking about. Yeah, values are, uh, that's one of those words that people throw around. And a lot of times when you ask what the definition is, they find hard pressed to say it. Uh, a definition that I've come up with over the years of doing this, and I've done this with every single person I've developed as a managing partner or CDO, uh, with people I've coached and continue to. So over the years, I developed this definition. A value is a belief that you hold so dearly, so strongly that you're willing to take action on it in the face of adversity. It's that line in the sand that you draw that you say, this is who I am, this is what I stand for, and this is what I'll take action upon. That's awesome. A very powerful definition. 
It is. And I love that you said, you know, people throw around the idea of values. It is. It's a topic that so many people talk about. Everybody's like, oh, values. It's it's in our it's in our intro, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. A value. We're going to teach you how to oh, build a values yeah, based, absolutely. a values based coaching yeah. philosophy. But not everybody follows through on it. That's the thing. Right. And it's so important. And I know for you, it's like the foundation of everything that you do when you start. But I just I loved your definition. And you're right. I think it's something that people throw around. Um, but it often gets left on the wayside. Well, we ask a lot of times when people talk about coaching conversations, have you talked about the firm's values, the company's values? And and probably two thirds of every class cannot even tell you what they are. And so it's so, so thinking about that, why is it important to clarify your values and how do you go about doing that? That's a great question. And uh, it, it is a clarification, Sabina. We're, we're not creating or generating values we're helping people get very mm-hmm. clear about what they are because values, the reason you do this personally, values help you make decisions in ambiguous situations where there's many right answers. Your values drive you there. Mm-hmm. So being clear about what they are helps you prioritize quickly, make decisions quickly and so on. Uh, for if you, you happen to be a leader of a team, your values it can help you create a culture around yourself that allows you to teach those people on your team how you would make decisions based on this particular a particular value so that when you are not present let's say you actually want to go on a vacation uh, when you're not present <laughs> what's that yeah uh, when you're when you're not <laughs> present they'll still be able to continue to make decisions and move agenda forward. A lot of times a leader winds up being a bottleneck for decision-making. And when you teach these values and how to use them, it opens things up tremendously. So tell us more about the clarifying part of it. Like how do you help people with the clarification? Clarification is a multiple step process. And uh, I think we're going to post those steps. We can certainly do that. I I think that would be helpful. It's Mm -hmm. a multiple step process. And the very first step is to get clear on the words that def- that uh, drive your values. And there's all kinds of lists out there that can help you start thinking about it. But it has to be a word that registers with you both emotionally and intellectually. So I, I would always have people generate a whole list of words, a whole parcel of them that they that they can look over. My personal three words are growth fun, and stewardship. And these, all of them hit my heart. So uh, here I'll evoke my friend Samuel Clemens and say the difference between the right word and the almost right word is the difference between the fire and the firefly. That word needs to just resonate with you. So after you've generated your list of words, the next part of the process is to come down to three values. Three and three, and no ties, no ties. Again, <laughs> three words that, that mm-hmm. are going to drive your values yep. here on out. And okay, so people have asked why three? Why not five? Why not ten? Remember, this is going to help you make decisions in ambiguous situations. And if you have five more values, you can pretty much justify any decision that you want. That makes sense. This is kind of a forced choice. And I'll tell you, it's not always an easy choice. Sometimes the, the, the 
decision is easy, act upon it, acting upon it can be very, very challenging. So here we have a list. We have three words. Just for grins, what would you say your three words are? <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to ask this, and this is—I have a question for you. I'm going to answer your question with a mm-hmm. question. It's ironic for me to have this problem. If anybody asks me, "What's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? What's your?" Fa-? I have such a hard time only picking one. Mm-hmm. So you would think for values, like picking three, would be really hard. But I have found that. When you come to defining, which I'm assuming we're going to talk about um, the importance of defining your values, I have found that almost all of the things that are important to me fit under the term or the word or the value integrity because it means a handful of things to me. Um, hard work, follow through, commitment. I mean, when I think of all of those things, they fit those to me personally fit under integrity. So I would say that is my number one value. Sabina, how about you? So the three that came to me right away are freedom encouragement and sincerity. Wonderful. So freedom to me is I have, I have input into like, there is nothing that I can't respond to and have some agency in. Um, Encouragement is again, my definition, um, lifting up others and finding, seeing the best parts of them and lifting them up so they can see it too. Um, And sincerity is just saying how you feel like mean it that, you know, you speak from the heart. You don't, um, you know, mess around with that. You, uh, and in fact, in high school, you know, when they're always voted most likely to succeed, you know, best dress and all that, I, I was voted most sincere, which at the time I thought just meant most boring. Um, and only now, <laughs> but all these years later, I'm thinking, oh, okay. <laughs> I probably wasn't it's so bad. Actually pretty so nice. Those would be my three. And, okay. they, uh, and, and both of you hit on it. The, the next part of the process is to come up with definitions for each one of the words. And this can be a little tricky for people, so I have a few rules that I've used. Rule number one, you cannot use a word to define itself. So if you say your number one value is excellence, you can't say, to be excellent. <laughs> that makes sense. We must use our words <laughs> to make this work. Yeah, okay. All of them. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, uh, the second rule is that I must be able to observe you do it. I must be able to see it Mm -hmm. so that we can tell whether or not we're acting in accordance with the values. And the third rule is keeping it short. And I love the definitions you both used, keeping it short. Uh, Years ago, I talked to a a managing director and I started out asking, do you have your values? And he said, oh, yes, I do. Let me go get them, which I thought, interesting. And he went to, this is when there was still paper. I don't know if anybody remembers that. He went to his drawer and got out some paper. I do, I do. It was like half a page for each value. Wow. So I I would suggest that 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 statement stay at most an extended sentence. So, um, again, my my values, my definitions. So uh, growth is pushing the edge of my skills and abilities every day. This uh, fun, it's not six flags, more flags, more fun. It's surrounding myself with people that inspire and challenge me. That's fun. And stewardship is simply leaving the campground just a little bit cleaner than when I found it, metaphorically speaking. And those definitions evolved over the years. So they, they, they all started off a little bit differently. Uh, my suggestion, this is not a one and done thing. Do your values ever change? I've had people ask that. And, well, 
I can say from personal experience, my values changed in uh, March of uh, 1983. My son was born. Mm-hmm. And that, that changed things significantly. Life-changing events yeah. might mean life-changing life values. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yes. Then and only then. It's not something you do every five days or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but when things change in the world, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Another question I get frequently is, um, do values change between home and work? I found one piece of research on that, and it was about Enron, the collapse of Enron. And one of the key mm. things they point to is the fall of values that people would leave at the door and adopt the ones that were being proffered there. Mm-hmm. That was one of the ways. So that those mm-hmm. are the definitions. I think the definitions are so important. We have talked about this, Sabina, in previous episodes yeah. where yep. you and I could work together. Let's say, I, let's say I'm coaching you, Lyle, mm-hmm. and you're having some issues and I ask you about your values, right? And let's say you say hard work or work ethic or whatever is one of your values. Work ethic is one of my values too, but your definition of work ethic and my definition of work ethic could be very different. That's what your definition of fun, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have defined it. I love the way you defined Mm -hmm. it. I wouldn't have thought to define it that way. So I think it's not just knowing somebody's values. It's really truly understanding what their definition is. That's the clarification process. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? Emotional and intellectual. The definition takes it out of Mm -hmm. a vague feeling and makes it very solid. And uh, when you think about it, every behavior is a value made public. Value made public. Mm -hmm. I love that phrase. Yeah. The final part of the process is to challenge yourself. And so I have a series of questions that I've used with people. And here's the first one. What have you done in the last 24 hours to live out your value? Start with the first value when you ask all these questions, and then we go to the next. So what have you done in the last 24 hours? This question hits one of two things. Sometimes people say, I haven't done anything for the past six months. (laughs) Is this really my value? We've been kind of Mm -hmm. conditioned over time, and sometimes it's not. So what have you done in the last 24 hours? And what typically happens is somebody struggles a little bit for the first little thing. It doesn't have to be epic. Little thing, and all of a sudden it starts snowballing, and thing after thing, and that's what happens. We realize that we make thousands of micro decisions on our values daily. So that's mm-hmm. the first question. The second question is, when have you faced adversity to live out this value? And I'm not talking life challenging adversity, but life defining adversity. One of my clients, and she is okay with me using this. Number one value: honesty. She had friends that were in uh, college together as a couple. After they left college, they began to drift apart. But they started using her as the, hey, tell him I'm with you. Hey, tell her I'm... And she called him out on it, and it hurt because she lost both of them as a friend. But it felt really self-defining for her. She stood up for what she believed and that's how you know that you've you've got a real value is when you've stood for adversity. Mm-hmm. Until then, it's really a platitude. So that's the second question. I like that definition, too, because there's consequences when you have to make mm-hmm. those kinds of decisions. And sometimes those consequences are hard and painful. Yes. And that's where I think that's where I think about it. And I think you really, if you're going to live within your values, you are going to lose some things or some people along the way who don't align with that. 
and that's difficult. And, and I think values are choosing the harder but right path. Absolutely. Another question I get a lot of times uh, is, what if my values don't align with fill in the blank? And what I would say is that mm-hmm. alignment can be a very broad way of looking at things. So most people's values do align with organizations. However, if yours do not, you will be immediately uncomfortable in the situation and continue to be until something changes. Mm-hmm. And that's another place where you might have to make a difficult decision. Indeed. Know? Indeed. This is where I belong. I, I actually know someone who just had to make that kind of a decision. It's like, mm-hmm. mm, you know, after after many years, the values just aren't aligned and away I go. Um, let me ask you another question. Sure. So that's the the leadership part of it. When you're personally out of alignment with your own values, like how does mm-hmm. that feel? Like when people are like they do something and they know that it's not in alignment with their values. How does that show up? In- That's actually my fourth question is yeah. typically a gut reaction. Your stomach is upset. You are poorly sleeping. You're second guessing your decision-making process in technical psychological terms. You feel yucky. Anxiety. That's Anxiety. not right. Like I feel it. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not good anxiety. No. Good anxiety motivates Energy, us and gets us yeah, going. Right. Bad anxiety. Right. Good stress. Yeah. It causes stress. At first, psychological, it can be physiological oh, ultimately if it goes on long enough. And when mm-hmm. you're clear with your values, you know when you're out of alignment, if you're kind of monitoring that, and you can essentially have two choices. You can change your behavior or you can change your value. It's called cognitive dissonance. And most people change their behavior. Mm-hmm. Most people do. Because <laughs> it's easier, right? That's way easier. <laughs> um, I have three different tells for my when I'm out of alignment. So when I, I'm not growing, when I'm out of alignment with growth, I'm edgy. I, I, I'm not comfortable in my skin. I, I, I feel like I have to move. I got to do something. When I'm not having fun, I'm not fun. I'm just, I'm not. As a matter of fact, frequently my wife will ask me if I don't need to go on a road trip somewhere. And when I'm out of alignment with stewardship, I simply feel I'm not living up to my obligation of being of worth, of being of service, of being of value in this world. I I just feel lost. So that you can dial in on even exactly which value it is you're out of alignment with. The final question is How would you teach me to make decisions based on your number one value of integrity? What is it that you would teach? And the interesting thing with this question is now we have to define our values so clearly that we can teach it. And that helps you rewrite that definition because most times, the first time you write it, it's going to be a draft. This helps you rewrite it in a way that is going to have clarity and particularly that question about, is it observable? If it's observable, typically it's much easier to teach, much easier to teach. So that that's the process. Another question I frequently mm-hmm. get is, do we always live our values? Well, after that last uh, discussion, the clear answer is no, we don't. Right. 
we it, a lot of times we slip up and, and move uh, in spite direction. of our best which efforts. is human right, right. I, I don't right. think anybody's perfect in this right. space mm-hmm. but yeah. and and that's why i no, really like no. doing this when i begin a coaching relationship with somebody is i will help them clarify their values and then as we move through the coaching decision there's questions about why did you choose to go against your number one value of how are you feeling about mm-hmm. yourself right now? And and a lot of clarity can come from that. A lot of, like Sabine, you were saying, a lot of tough decisions might happen. Yep. How, however, yep. in the long run, you are going to be much more confident about yourself, your decisions, and your future. And it really deepens and enriches the conversation because you're not just saying, why didn't you get your referrals? You know, why didn't you do this? Why didn't right. you get it? It goes back to what's behind all of that, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it really helps that self-examination and that, that growth part, that personal development piece, which is so important in coaching. Yeah, absolutely. I think about accountability and the different ways you can look at accountability. There's the cultivation, right? Like you have to grow accountability versus the hammer approach, right? Mm-hmm. Like a Gunjira type approach. Values allow for that cultivating yeah. uh, environment. It creates an environment where for accountability to take place much easier than just hitting somebody over the head constantly with what they need to be doing. And let me ask you this. We're talking compliant versus committed. Mm-hmm. Can one hurt person mm-hmm. really hold another person accountable? No. Nope. No such under thing. Under one circumstance, <laughs> given permission. Yeah. I, I believe mm-hmm. in what it is that you're helping me accomplish. I give you permission, particularly in the days I don't want to hear it, to hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. That's the only time that accountability works. You can make them compliant, the you know, holding a gun to the head thing, yeah. but that's not committed. Accountability without relationship is harassment, right? We've right. all heard that a hundred times. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So okay, that process takes twenty minutes to do, and I've done it with groups, one on one. Heck, I I had an audience of four hundred people once doing that work, and when, when you really take it to its most deep area. It can take. I've I've worked with somebody literally for sixteen half hour sessions. Wow! Wow! He still wow. has that original piece <laughs> of paper under the glass in his desk. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. So it's 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 a very <laughs> broad. Us, you use this in your teaching, and I know you had in our uh, when we talked about the call before this podcast. You talked about your engineering classes. Tell tell that story about how people who are a little more um, intellectual slash logic oriented react when you attempt to do those exercises and then how they feel at the end. I do. I I teach at an engineering college. And so most of my students are some form of engineer or another. And uh, I tell them at the beginning that, that this is going to be part science and part art. You are going to learn both and you are going to grow as people. And they don't know what that means just yet. And so I call this task. It's a task that they do. They're graded on it, and they get feedback on it. But as soon as I introduce that we're going to work on clarifying your values, I can count two, three, and you get the teenage <laughs> eye roll. <laughs> all in all in unison. Yep. I mean, all together. Yep. Heck, I taught for, uh, virtually for a Who year, <laughs> and I, I would do that. I'd count to, okay, I just saw you all roll your eyes. And they left. Yeah. <laughs> but... When I get my feedback every single class, they say that that is probably one of the most important experiences they've had in their entire careers at the university. Yep. 
And so it Absolutely. can make people feel uncomfortable. It can make people giggle. I mean, it's really kind of interesting how people react. And at the end of the day, when it's complete, I have yet to have somebody say that was not worth their time, their effort. Great story. Because nobody, a lot of people aren't doing that. That's usually that, that in a college class, that may be the first exposure they've ever had to that kind of development and growth. And I, I feel certain that will stick with them for the rest of their lives, actually. I just had um, a student uh, so. write me and say that uh, one of the things he said, doing the values work, one of the things that he saw in his future, he was going to be working for the uh, Professional Hockey Association in Colorado. He wrote back mm-hmm. and it just happened. He just got Aww. hired there. That's very neat. And so, yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, That's fantastic. Okay. So, Lyle, what we're going to do now, we didn't really prepare you for this, but but we know you can go off the cuff. We have a little segment called um, Say That Again. And usually what we do is we role play whatever we've been talking about. So, I will be your, you're going to coach me using, like, let's just say using the value of sincerity, which you know about me. So, we're going to, I'm going to present you a problem. And then we're going to talk, you're going to just show a, just a snippet of one or two minutes about how this, how you can get to the bottom of things using the values. So, but we're going to okay. play our little intro first. Say, Say that, that again. 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 Okay. All right. So I'm your, I'm a, a, it can be a student. I can be a financial rep and I am struggling with prospecting because mm-hmm. I don't like using red letter language. Go. Okay. So when we first started working together. You told me one of your, your your top values, one of your three values is sincerity. Define that for me again, please. Yes. Uh, I mean, speaking from the heart, like saying what you really mean and being uh, not fluffing it up, not trying to overdress it, but just like saying what it is. Okay. So that straight up forward, not, not uh, embellishing, but communicating clearly. Right. Yes. All right. How are yes. you yes, feeling exactly. when you're not getting the the prospects that you are entitled to um, based on that value. How's, how's, how's are you feeling? Well, I feel like, I don't know. I'm supposed to use this language that I feel like it makes me sound like a telemarketer. Like I just hate using other people's words that mm-hmm. that to me, actually, I didn't really realize it until you just said that that is in direct conflict with my definition of what it is to be sincere. Okay. I, I don't, so I don't always use it. I kind of half use it, but not really. And I just am not getting results. Okay. Why do you think you learn language? I don't know. I mean, I feel like they want everything. They want everybody to sound the same and they want everybody to, you know, use what they're taught. And I, I understand that. That just doesn't, it just doesn't fit with me. I just, have, I'm, I'm naturally resistant to that. Let me offer another perspective, if I may. I could be right, could be wrong, but I, I see it a little sure. differently. You learn language so that you can truly okay. listen. When we mm-hmm. don't have a path, when we don't have a process, we tend to, it happens all the time, Somebody, you're talking to somebody and you're thinking about what you're going to say next. And all of a sudden the, the, the conversation turns and you find yourself lost on, on what, what's because you didn't have a prepared place to go. So the uh-huh. why behind the language I think very much aligns with your uh, a definition of sincerity. How does that feel? Actually, I hadn't thought of it that way. That actually feels a lot better because I just had thought of it as like every human being is unique and I want to truly mm-hmm. listen to what that person wants and needs 
but you're right. I do spend a lot of time thinking about, okay, well, how am I going to respond to that? And sometimes I miss some of the feedback. So that's a, that food for thought that. And when you're listening like that, you, you not only hear the words that are said, you see what the person's doing and the process, how they're processing. And also you're listening mm-hmm. to what's yep. not said. So it's very powerful. Can we make a deal to try and experiment? Let's say for the next week until we get together of just running the language the way that it is. And then once you own it, see if there's ways to make it more yours, more unique for you. My proposal is once an amateur. That's fair. That's fair. An amateur practices until they can win. You're a professional. Professionals practice until they cannot lose. And so when you know that language so well. Oh, I like that. So well. Yeah. Then it's time to put your mark on it, your stamp. How does that feel? And that makes total sense. That that feels great because I have resisted learning it Mm -hmm. because I didn't think it felt right for me. But I think you're right. I can can actually see if I learn it so well that it it becomes sincere to me to say it, then I feel like... Uh, that's a good, that's a good thing. Yes. I will commit to that. Very good. And that's, thank you, Lyle. (laughs) You're awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. But see how different that, that, that conversation is than, well, just learn it. Just get over yourself and learn it. It's so about her. It's it's client centered. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is also what we say in our intro, Mm -hmm. a client centered values based coaching philosophy. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Well, and it, it speaks directly to one of my values, not necessarily even a, a firm value, you know, a company Correct. value. That's the value I told you I had, and I, I can reconcile it now. So, All right, Lyle, this has been amazing and powerful. Outstanding. Mm-hmm. Well, I, will, yeah. I just I mean, want to close you have a final thought? Yeah. Go ahead. Um, like notice you. that I've asked questions. My process was yes. asking questions. I did offer a bit of advice. Yep. Hey, I, I've got an idea. Can I share it? With, could be right or wrong. Can I share it with you? Mm-hmm. And people find yep. that much more client-centered when you approach things like that. That's my final thought. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's a great final thought to go out on. So thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Hopefully, you were able to take some amazing things from Lyle. And um, Lyle, how might people get a hold of you? Yes? I think we can publish it on that, yes. that uh, summary. We can. We can put um, in the show notes. We yep. can put contact info. But yep. if they don't want to look at the show notes, what's the best way for them yep. to reach you? My phone number is 414-218-3213. Okay. That's the best way. And you're and you're okay with everybody here with hearing from people? Absolutely. <laughs> they can call yep. you right up. Yes, they can. Uh, yes, they can. Okay. Well, this was fun. I really, I mean, this okay. was, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thank you. That very, was, very yeah, this was really great. You're so welcome. Thank you so much. And we will see you all back here next time. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about our activity coaching clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Keep learning and growing.